It's the Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter. On tonight's episode, political commentator Rich Rabino tells us about the bizarre side of American politics. Professor Jim tells us how to turn this dang coconut into a radio. Also stopping by is Kirby Newberry, the king of coffee from DiscountCoffee.com. And the Right Mind Studio Band, Mitch Murphy and the Murphy Tones. Now, putting the fun in your dysfunctional world, here's your host, Todd Showalter. Hello, everybody. Wow, we're back. Hey, can you believe this, Joey? I thought this was going to be a one and done. Did you think we'd have two shows? I knew we were going to put out a Greatest Hits album after that first one, but I didn't know if we'd have another episode after that. I know. I know. And, you know, you know I wear the same clothes every day, so I, I feel like I should maybe get a second shirt or something if we're going to do this more regularly. Before our show first aired, mm-hmm. I got a text, okay, from Jeff one of the owners of the of the, the station. Big Boss Jeff, yeah. Big Boss Jeff. And he said, you know, guess what? The storm knocked the signal out, and we, we aren't on the air mm-hmm. right before our show came on. And I thought, well, that's quite a sign, isn't it? But it did, it came back on. It did come back on. It Odd. seemed like he apologized for nothing, so we it thank did. you, Jeff, for going out. Thanks, and, Jeff. Yeah, and was, straightening out that antenna. I'm picturing the giant, you know, those big triangle metal. Yeah, it was yes. just crooked. Just bent, and he had to go out there and just and, knock and, it back straight up. Or maybe, you know, wrap some aluminum foil around it or something like that. I don't know. Whatever happened, it got back on. Mm-hmm. We had some storms, you know. I mean, it was really, really incredible. One of the things I don't understand, and it just seems to be just kind of a trend, and I'm not going to talk about the weather because we have a lot of good stuff to talk about here on the show tonight, but it just seems that, like, do you ever notice, like, it'll rain and rain and rain and rain and rain, and then we'll have, like, maybe one sunny day and the weather people come on and say well we could sure use the rain you know i don't understand do you understand i mean it'll rain it, it'll it, it just seems like they can they always say well we could i mean i i have like you know bluegill in my front yard and, and we could use the rain how much rain do we actually need I've gotten an allergy to small talk, actually. When people start talking about the weather, yeah. I just say, oh, my goodness. Oh, let's so here let's we move go. on. Oh, speaking of the weather, that seems to be what they were talking about, uh, the whole Hunter Biden thing. And, and, and uh, Joe, I mean, all the uh, the stuff about the person or whatever it was where they were, you know, doing the illegal activities. You know, he was trying to basically get bought for foreign policy decisions. But Joe said, no, 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 we weren't talking about anything like that whenever we would talk. 20 times, by the way. Mm-hmm. They were just talking about the weather. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I think that that would put me to sleep, and that's why yes. Joe's got this problem of being sleepy Joe Biden. His son's calling him up talking about the weather all the time. Yes. He gets off the phone, and he trips up an airplane staircase. and Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. There's ripple waves throughout this whole thing. It, it's, it, the weather just seems to be like uh, the, the, the narrative right now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The show gets better, though. No, but that had to actually be – I mean, that's what he said. He said, no, but we weren't talking about exchanging millions of dollars or – influencing things or being foreign agents or anything like that. We were just talking about the weather. And I do that, you know, you 20 times, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I like being part of my son's business phone calls just so we can chat about maybe what, you know, the precipitation in Des Moines is. Okay, <laughs> moving along. How's your week been? You had a good week? Yeah, just wonderful. I think that just working in radio and doing what I love and yeah. then you coming along and oh. having this late night talk show yeah. vibe and th- Flavor and we're going and we're writing jokes all the time. I'm yeah. really enjoying this. Well, I'm really glad because you're good at it. And the thing is, I was really worried that I was going to have to actually do something. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that you – it's kind of like when I was in school and, you know, I could always count on people to do my homework and stuff like that. <laughs> you're kind of like that kid. you know. Oh, so, so thank you. I do you. feel bullied just a little bit. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, no, I don't bully – 
Well, maybe just a little. Bullies shape us and make us stronger people. So I think this is a good win-win situation for the both of us. I think that's a good point. I have insurance now because I'm full-time. I'm a full-time employee. Beat me up as much as you want. I go to the doctor. It's like 80% costs are covered. Yeah. It's covered. Well, that's good to know. That is good to know. So you have all benefits and everything like that. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's nice. So you get you have dental and all that? Yeah. They give me just a bag of teeth whenever I need them. Just that- extras. Do they? Yeah. For, for is part of the, your plan? Yeah. Pop them out, pop them in, whatever you want. Amazing. Did you play sports in school? Is pottery a sport? Because uh, I loved pottery. You, if, if you throw the pot, you, yeah. you, you can. If you throw the pot, then I think it is. Yeah. I kept well, them wheels spinning day and night. It was kind of like that ghost, that, that, that movie Ghost with Demi Moore and... Yeah. Did you see that? I did see that. Oh, you it, did see I that. I think that influenced I th- me. I thought it, I'd get ripped like Patrick Swayze if I did more pottery, and then I realized I'm just sitting there the whole time. Yeah, but he's dead now, so you're, you're, you look better. Than the you. ghost has become the master. The ghost is, he is actually, it's like method acting only backwards, okay, because you, know, you get, you, he actually did the method part after the part that didn't work. We have a big show here tonight. We do have a big show. You know who we have? We have Rich Rubino coming on the show, who I have lovingly called, I don't know if he likes it or not, the Rain Man of politics. Because Rich Rubino knows absolutely, and you can ask, ask this guy anything politically, and he can give you the answer. It's amazing. He's written books on it, you know, the, the great political what is it called? Is it trivia? I, he's my guest, and I can't remember. He's going to tell us about it. Hello, Rich. How you doing? Doing well, Todd. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, it's great for you to be here. You know, we we go back because uh, when I did the podcast going back a couple of years, you've always been a frequent guest. And as I've said, and I didn't mean this, nobody paid me to say it, you've always been probably (laughs) one of my favorites. Because you know what? You are like a savant when it comes to to politics, okay? I mean, you you have books out, you, uh, (laughs) you know everything possible. And among other things I wanted to talk with you about, and we've got yes. so many things happening right now. I wanted to ask about some, oh, com- yes. some some historical comparisons. I mean, we have the stuff with Trump being indicted. We have uh, uh, we've got Biden with his uh, with his son and Hunter and all this stuff going on with mm-hmm. uh, payments possibly. When, when in history is this problem? I mean, can you remember another time in history where the, anything even came close to what we're experiencing right now? No, not really. Um, it's fascinating because you really don't, you certainly have never had a scenario where an incumbent president was um, indicted, uh, rather a former president was indicted. You certainly have not had um, that situation. You've had it, for example, for governors who've been indicted, um, and that's, that's happened before, but certainly not at the presidential level and certainly on the other side, certainly everything that's happening with Hunter Biden as well. And But I think what's perhaps more interesting is when you look at the polls, no matter what, when you look at the polls one-to-one, you see Biden and Trump about tied. But when you ask people, including members of the Democratic Party, if they think Joe Biden should run, particularly young Democrats, if they think Joe Biden should be the nominee in 2024, a plurality say no. And on the Republican side, it's the same in terms of Donald Trump. So potentially we could have an election this time around where the two major party candidates are not necessarily the favorite, the favorite of a plurality or even a majority of the party. Now, obviously, in Donald Trump's case, the Republican Party, he has about 40% of the Republican vote, including independents that are conservative-leaning, who will absolutely die for him and who are absolutely vociferous for him. And in the Republican side, they don't do, um, you know, they're not based on proportionality. Most states are based on winner-take-all. So if you win one state by one vote, you essentially win the entire state. That's true in most states. And that's why I won last time. 
with 18 other opponents, all he had to do was win 36, 37, 38% of the vote. And that's essentially what is happening right now in the polls. It's very hard to envisage a scenario um, where with every, with all, with all the rest of the vote being split between the other, between the other candidates running against them, where there's some sort of a major candidate who actually comes to Donald Trump and eclipses Donald Trump. The best case scenario for Republicans who don't like Donald Trump is they all consolidate on one particular candidate and everybody else drops out of the race. But I don't envision a scenario where that's going to happen. And on the Democratic side, the establishment is certainly all in for Joe Biden. And right now you see polls that among Democratic voters anyways, among his two challengers, Mayor Mainshouter, Marianne Williamson, and uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Joe Biden is still at about 60%. And what that tells me is that in terms of both these scenarios, that in terms of the middle of the country, um, middle America and many respects, independent voters are looking for an alternative. And here's where no labels comes in. They're a third party group that's thinking about potentially trying to get on the ballot in all 50 states in the District of Columbia. And then if they don't like who the two parties nominate, they could potentially put somebody out. If there's ever a time that's more ripe for a third party, an independent, moderate third party, it is now. But I think because both candidates are so polarizing, a lot of voters are going to say, you know what, I don't want to necessarily waste my vote, the so-called wasted voter syndrome. And as a result, they're going to vote for either Joe Biden or Donald Trump, even if they have to hold their nose and do it begrudgingly. Well, one of the things I heard just through the grapevine, and I don't know what you've uh, picked up on this, but the possibility of uh, maybe a Trump Robert F. Kennedy Jr. ticket. I mean, what do you think that would do? I don't think that's going to happen for a few reasons. Um, first of all, a litmus test issue for Republicans is abort is um, being against abortion rights, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. takes up a different position on that. I think if there were, a, if Donald Trump were to select somebody who is not, um, who is not, who is not against abortion rights, and who is not favor, who is not in favor of the repealing of Roe v. Wade. I think there were potentially some evangelicals would either sit out or potentially support a third party candidate. But the, and also he's also on on many issues, including environmental issues. For example, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is very liberal. But the other thing is that if you listen to Kennedy's speech announcing his candidacy up in Boston, he essentially said in that speech he blamed Donald Trump for a lot of things, including the response to COVID, and basically said that Donald Trump had listened to Dr. Fauci, and he basically said that it wasn't Joe Biden's fault, it wasn't the Democrats' fault. He blamed Donald Trump, and that's something that doesn't really get necessarily in the media, but. Beyond that, there's such an ideological bridge between the two. It reminds me a little bit of back in 2008 when John McCain won the Republican nomination, and he was seriously considering putting Joe Lieberman as his vice presidential running mate. Joe Lieberman was a Democrat who had supported him for president that year, Um, and one of the reasons he didn't do it was because Joe Lieberman was a supporter of abortion rights, and the fear was – if he got the Democrat, if he got the Republican nomination, many Republicans would either sit home or potentially support a third-party candidate. So I think that it's probably unreconcilable. I don't think Donald Trump would ever choose anybody who is not a Republican, and for that matter, not a Trump Republican. Now, one of the things I remember very well uh, was at the end of the Carter administration. Uh, yep. it, it, there seemed to be a lot of parallels. I mean, we had you know the same types of uh, situations going on with the economy, with uh, you know the, the the American people themselves, and then all of a sudden along comes Ronald Reagan, who's a great unifier. That literally, it seems almost overnight, uh, unified the country and uh, got us back on top again. I mean, do you see anybody like uh, 
on the horizon that that could possibly be this time around? I mean, people will say, well, yeah, you know, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. But like you said, he's kind of polarizing. I mean, do you think there's anybody out there that could be that Ronald Reagan that we had back in 80? Well, I think Reagan was actually pretty polarizing, too. In fact, um, in that election, Carter was relatively unpopular to the fact to the extent that he barely won the Democratic nomination as an incumbent for president. He had challenges from California Governor Jerry Brown and Massachusetts Senator Ted Kennedy. And Ted Kennedy probably would have beat Jimmy Carter that year had it not been for the hostage crisis and for the rally around the flag effect, uh, which shunted uh, Ted Kennedy's candidacy. And actually, Jimmy, actually, Ronald Reagan, because he was seen as so conservative, any other Republican that year, whether it was George H.W. Bush or Howard Baker or anybody else was running, probably would have beat Joe, would have been ahead of Jimmy Carter for that entire election. But it was actually tied 44 percent to 44 percent in that one debate they had. And in that one debate, Ronald Reagan seemed less threatening. And as a result, he ended up winning 44 states in the general election. But if you look at his first two years of the presidency, Part of it was because Jimmy Carter had appointed Paul Volcker as the chairman of the Federal Reserve in 1980. And one thing he did is he um, is he increased interest rates, which many blame for a little bit of recession in 1981, 1982. But then eventually the economy started to take off. But in 1982, Ronald Reagan was relatively unpopular because of the state of the economy. And in fact, the Republican Party lost 26 seats in the House of Representatives that year. It was only in the next two years that he kind of became somewhat of a unifier, but then in the second two, ter- two years of his presidency, he actually alienated many on the right by his meeting with Gorbachev in support of the um, support of the IBF treaty, that type of a thing. So he wasn't necessarily somebody who I think unified people. He was somebody who had polarization both on the right. There are many conservatives who, um, there are many conservatives, for example, Newt Gingrich compared his meeting with um, his meeting with Mikhail Gorbachev to Neville Chamberlain meeting with Hitler. But the, but the main question in terms of today, is there anybody that can essentially unify the country? And I don't think so. I think we are so divided, I think, in terms of rural versus urban, with suburban kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, and then I think just in terms of how much re- how, re- how religious people are, how what, what people believe the role of the federal government is. I don't think there's anybody that can come in and kind of unify somebody, I, unify the country. I think whoever were to get elected, they may be popular even in the primaries during the campaign, but as soon as they get in office and actually do something, uh, it's very hard to see somebody, you know, getting to 60, 65 percent the way Coolidge, Eisenhower and Clinton were in times of relative peace and prosperity. Um, I just think that we're in this stage right now where we're so where we're so evenly divided that nobody um, you're not going to see a landslide election for essentially a long, long period of time. We have 40 states. 40 states in the last four elections have gone for the exact same candidate, 40 out of the 50 candidate states and the District of Columbia in four elections in a row. That's almost unprecedented, almost unheard of. So I think we're essentially in a period where um, you're going to see essentially this tribalism, this one side versus another, this kind of Manichean um, affair between the two sides. Oh, you got to admit, though, uh, Ronald Reagan had some good movies. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I'm and he did. I'm he kidding. did. He did leave with a. He did leave yeah. with a. Um, he did leave, and he was seen when he left. He had his about a sixty-five percent job approval rating, yeah. and he was popular at the end of his term. But he did just like every other president. He had his kind of um, vicissitudes. But bed, bedtime for Bonzo and uh, his movie about Grover Cleveland and Alexander yes. were superb. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't get me going. I still. Oh, I've watched it forty times. Well, one of the things I don't understand also about <laughs> some of the candidates, you've got some people. For example, okay, you've got Gavin Newsom in California. Yeah. There's, you know, he may be he may be the guy. You know, well, now Gavin Newsom he comes from California, and California 
is the butt of everybody's joke. I mean, everything is going yeah. wrong with California. You get the taxes, you got homeless everywhere. I mean, the place is just falling. I mean, people say, I just wish it would fall into the ocean. How does a guy with that kind of baggage, and, you know, he can pretty much take credit for a lot of it, how, how could he feasibly think that people are going to rally behind him to run the entire country when he's let the entire state that he's been the governor of basically fall apart? Well, I mean, that's certainly one of the arguments, but he is somebody who's been elected and then he survived a recall and then he was just reelected pretty handily in 2022. So I think a lot of the voters, California is such a weird place that, you know, you're talking about essentially 40 million voters and they're not a monolith. I mean, you have the Inland Empire. Kevin McCarthy represents a district in California, so it's not all San Francisco, Berkeley and Los Angeles. But I get essentially what you're saying just from a political standpoint, California is, it's not so much California, the state, it's more parts of California, including parts like San Francisco and Oakland, where you talk about the San Francisco liberal and he would immediately, I don't think he's going to get, I don't think he, he's certainly not running. He's supporting Joe Biden. I think he's thinking more of serving on his full term than he'll probably run in 2028. I can't imagine a scenario where he doesn't run in 2028, but I think that just for a, from a Republican standpoint, in a general election, if you're running against Gavin Newsom, you immediately peg him to San Francisco. You say he's a San Francisco liberal. You know, Democrats, Republicans were able to get in 19, in 1984, Walter Mondale was from Minnesota, but because they had the convention, the Democratic convention was in San Francisco. They were able to pin Walter Mondale as a San Francisco liberal. This time you're actually having somebody from San Francisco. That would be a dream case for the Dem for the Republicans. But that being said, Gavin Newsom is also somebody who is very charismatic, and he's also somebody who's willing to kind of go for the jugular. He watches Fox News every night. He knows the, he knows the counterarguments. He just challenged Ron DeSantis to a debate, which Ron DeSantis um, has essentially agreed to do. So he would be somebody who would be very formidable in 2028, but I really don't see a scenario right now, um, barring a serious health concern, where Joe Biden is not the nominee in 2024. Wow. Jeez, I mean, I don't even – I have some things I could say about that, but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be nice. Well, here's my favorite part of whenever we get together. You know what it is, and uh, I certainly do. Your sleeper picks. I mean, who do you have out there yeah. that we haven't really heard about too much yet that we may hear a lot of here in the coming months that uh, could be the one? Yes, I think uh, – I, well, it's very hard to see somebody actually being the one because um, I think Trump and Biden in both cases – pretty much right now just about have it locked up. But I will say on the Democratic side, I do say there's a congressman named Dean Phillips you probably never heard of from Minnesota. Um, he's an heir to a liquor store fortune, so he has a lot of money, liquor, uh, liquor industry rather, not just one store. But he's somebody that's actually seriously considering, and he's met with donors in New York. He's going to New York City to meet with donors to talk about potentially challenging Joe Biden for the nomination. He's one of the only Democrats. He's First of all, he's, he's running to the right of Joe Biden, He's someone of a business-oriented moderate, but he's one of the few Democrats who's taken on the age issue. He said that Dianne Feinstein, for example, who's 90 years old, should resign. He said she's basically suggested that there needs to be new leadership in the Democratic Party. Not that he's necessarily going to go anywhere, but he's certainly going to get a lot of attention because unlike Marianne Williamson and Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he's actually somebody who is actually has, holds elective office and actually has been elected in a swing district in Minnesota. On the Republican side, I think I'd watch Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota. Um, he hasn't really registered in the polls at all so far yet, yet, but he's also somebody who had a company that he sold to Microsoft, became a billionaire out of it. So he essentially has unlimited fortune. 
to um, spend on the presidential campaign specifically right around, you know, I think he could, I could see him spending a lot of money in Iowa, New Hampshire, right around the time of the caucus, the time of the primary. And that potentially could be something There could be some sort of a way for people who are just looking for somebody kind of vibrant the way, for example, in 2004, John Edwards, who was way down in the polls, all of a sudden rose up and finished second place in, um, in Iowa to John Kerry. So it's always that possibility. I think that I would look at, I would look at the, the idea of there being somebody who's completely anti-Trump. There are three of them right now in the Republican primary. There's Asia Hutchinson, uh, the former governor of Arkansas, Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, and Bill Hurd, the former congressman from Texas. I think one of those three, and my guess is it's probably going to be Chris Christie, will become a major candidate in part because he's already qualified for the August 30th, 23rd rather debate. I think he's somebody that potentially, um, if the other candidates fade specifically, he may be the one counterpoint to Donald Trump, who is every other candidate is trying to is trying to make very mild criticism of Donald Trump. He's the one that would make radical criticisms um, of Donald Trump. So I'd watch him and um, Vivek as well. Um, I was thinking of somebody that it, nobody knew who he was at the beginning of the at the beginning of this election. There was just a poll in Ohio, and in the state of Ohio, critical battleground state of Ohio, he's actually ahead of Ron DeSantis right now, in part because he's an tech entrepreneur, only 36 years old, and he spent so much money. Um, he spent so he's got so much money and spend. He may be the kind of sleeper um, candidate um, who you know, just like Pete Buttigieg. I think I see him kind of very similar to Pete Buttigieg last time around. When Pete Buttigieg was he, when he announced his candidacy, he was a middle self in Indiana, city of less than 100,000 people, almost no one outside of self that knew who he was. By the end of the election, he landed up winning the Iowa caucuses and coming very close to New Hampshire. I can see the very things the very similar situation with him. Okay. Well, this is my friend, Rich Rubino, who is, who is the smartest man in politics, because I don't care what anybody says, Rich. I have never met anybody that knows more about politics <laughs> than, than you do. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I know a lot There's about not- a lot of trivial things like, you know, you know, who invented the, uh, the Q-tip and stuff like that, but you know, like serious stuff. So yeah, you're always a play and you always bring credibility. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, you are an author, by the way. You have uh, a few books out. Uh, speaking of trivia, you have a political trivia book out, which is brilliant. It's like the encyclopedia. How can people get a hold of you and where can they get your books? And like I said, you're going to be a frequent guest, but uh, yes, why don't you sell some books here for us. Where, where can they get one of your books? Yep. If you just Google uh, Rich and then Rubino, R-U-B-I-N-O, and put it in, certainly Amazon.com will come up. My latest book is The Great American Political Trivia Challenge, Political Trivia on Steroids uh, by Rich Rubino. I have a few others as well. And if you also just find me on Facebook, Rich, and then Rubino, R-U-B-I-N-O, and you can certainly, I post all the interviews I do um, up there. I have a couple I do weekly, so you can certainly see those as well. Perfect. Okay. Well, thanks for being on the show. And I will share my uh, Ronald Reagan films with you if you want me to, like, you know, drop them in the mail because they're all in those, you know, DVDs and stuff like that now. But I know you. Oh, still categorically, I've, I've I've seen I've seen many of them as well. And this is where this is where I guess it brings up where you compare history to certainly what's going on right now with the writers' strike. When the last time there was a strike, Ronald Reagan was president of the uh, Screen Actors Guild. Interestingly, see now that is just darn scary. I mean, this, it, it's, it, this is getting eerie now, Rich. Okay, my friend. Eerie similitude. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, this is Rich Rubino. He is Right Mind's official political analyst, commentator, whatever else you want to call him, Joey. The guy is brilliant. Thank you, Rich, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. Glad to be glad to be here. See you soon, my friend. All right. Will do. I tell you, Joey, I mean, this guy, I mean, seriously, I mean, anything, anything. If I had known him 
when I, you know, when I, in political science class, which I never took. But if mm-hmm. I had, you know, I mean, this guy would have been my go-to for my homework. He knows absolutely everything. Yeah, that's amazing. And speaking, I don't know if this is a good segue or not, but, you know, when it comes to people that know a lot of stuff, I know somebody that knows a lot about home construction. Okay. You know who that is? Is it our good friend, Rick? It is. Ooh. Yeah, Rick at the Bernstein Remodelers. You know, we had a lot of storms lately. And I was talking to Tony before the show, and he said somebody's home. It sounds horrible. It's hit by lightning, burned to the ground. Now, that's terrible. That is absolutely terrible. I can't think of anything worse. You know, well, I mean, at least everybody was safe. Okay, that, it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if my home, well, it's not, or your home, anybody's home, let's not even go that far, were at least damaged in a storm, I know who I would call, and uh, that's the Burstein remodelers. That's my friend Rick Burstein. You can trust him because, you know, Rick Burstein is a guy that I've known. He's, I've known him for over 20 years. He's a second-generation contractor, which means one of his relatives, his father, by the way, that's what makes it second-generation, he was a contractor. Now, Rick is too. But the thing about Rick's company, uh, Burstein Remodelers, is they're everything, okay? Complete design. They'll do the full gutting and remodeling of bathrooms. So you got a kitchen you want redone. They do that. Basements, room additions. They, do, uh, they handle electric and plumbing, but as you said last week, not that you don't put those two together. And this is my favorite part because we brought this up last week, and Joey, you had a great line because you said, you know, if you had a wall that was blocking your television, just mm-hmm. have the wall moved rather than move the television, which I thought – that's I, I knew right then. I go, this guy, I'm working with a genius. I, you know, I don't have to worry about screwing up because Joey's here. If you want to move – you know, if you want to see the television, move a wall. Well – the Bursting Remodelers, they even do wall relocating, something I didn't really know about, but they do that. So you're in good hands, okay? Because also, not only does Rick do the job himself, he's on site for these things, but he also handpicks his crew and he makes sure that they're all fully trained and they have happy customers all over the St. Louis area, and you're going to be happy too, okay? So if you need anything done to your home, whether it's remodeling or some work done, electrical plumbing, You've got to call my buddy Rick at the Burstein Remodelers. Call him now, as a matter of fact. He's at 314-324-3024. That's Rick at the Burstein Remodelers, 314-324-3024. Well, when we come back, I think my buddy... Professor Jim's going to join us. And boy, I tell you what, talk about educational insight. This guy has it. Can't wait. This is Todd Showalter. You're listening to The Right Mind Show, along with my buddy Joey V and Mitch Murphy and the Murphytones. Take it, Mitch. We'll take a break so you can grab a tissue to wipe the tears from your eyes after that emotional live read for Bernstein Remodelers. But when we come back, Professor Jim will explain what it's like being a teacher at a California college. Welcome back to The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter on News Talk STL. And now, future Missouri Broadcasters Association Award winner, your host, Todd Showalter. Welcome back, everybody. Todd Showalter with The Right Mind Show, along with my buddy Joey V. My next guest is somebody that I've also known, along with Rick Burstein, for a very, very long time. Professor Jim is on the line, and I've known him, okay, for like over 40 years, and that doesn't include the time in prison, Joey. Professor Jim and I go way back, okay? And this guy, you know, Rich Rubino, he's like the smartest guy in politics. Well, uh, you know, aside from you, Joey, Professor Jim here, he's the smartest in everything else, okay? The guy knows everything. He's brilliant, this guy, I tell you what, okay? And he lives out in California. He's, he's laughing now because he's, th- he's, rem- he's remembered the time when he had to take my spleen out in an elevator, and he said, I just 
happen to know how to do that. And so he did. Anyway, but Professor Jim knows anything, everything, everything, I should say. And he's out in California. He's a college professor in California. So what better person, especially because he's smart, to explain to us just the state of our educational system right now in the academia, in the college ranks, and just the state of affairs in California itself than my buddy, Professor Jim. I didn't know if you wanted us to use your whole full name because of the uh, witness relocation program, but I can if you'd like. But how are you, my friend? I'm really good. It, it, it's a it's a beautiful day on the Monterey Bay. Wow. You always have to rub that in, don't you? Because we were just talking about how it's raining and I have like, you know, bluegill in my front yard here and stuff like that. And uh, you you talk about, and you, you threw in the Monterey Bay. That's not, you didn't say like, uh, you know, I'm in Compton. You know, you said, no, the Monterey Bay. That's great. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Now, as a professor in California at a college, one of the things that I've heard and correct me if I'm wrong because you're a professor, is that everything is going really woke. I mean, everything's like super, you know, uh, when you and I were back in school, you know, they were still had horse, horses and stuff like that, you know, instead of cars. But, I mean, what is the deal? Like, everything's just become so ultra-liberal and woke and things like that. Now, is that something is, it, that you've seen firsthand, or is that just kind of getting blown out of proportion? No, and I would I would say that it, it's something that has always existed, and there's always that that um, tension, if you will, between different disciplines. So you know, I, I stay in my lane, and and I'm very business focused, and I'm a bean counter by trade. So you know, I want I want to talk about accounting and business terminology and the things that that a student needs in order to be successful for a business career. But, you know, part of being in a college is that multi-discipline uh, approach. Something that's, that's uh, you know, has been around since, you know, the American university. You go back to uh, what Thomas Jefferson was trying to do at, at University of Virginia, which is, Regardless of whatever field we're going to go off and study, our first couple of years at undergraduate education is is very similar. So we're all taking the same stuff. You know, we're teaching people our culture, and we always have. So there's a, a lot of discussion, if you will, and there's a lot of tension and, and back and forth on, you know, those two basic questions of who are we teaching and what are we teaching them. So... Uh, in that you know that that discussion continues and and there is uh, a lot of focus on uh, things that probably weren't a focus when we were a student. You know they didn't care too much about learning disabilities when we were a student. You know we just thought that wasn't we weren't studying studying hard enough, which probably was true. In my uh, case. You know In my we case. yeah we didn't focus. You know that they didn't really talk about homosexuality. Things that were not in focus when we were students are in focus now. And uh, you know, we're still teaching culture. We're still doing that struggle between the dis different disciplines. I prefer that everybody learns accounting and, and business. And, uh, uh, you know, I've got social science professors that are pushing that, uh, that, that we need to be focusing on, on more cultural uh, social issues. Right. Well, what about all this stuff that we hear that uh, the colleges are turning our kids into socialists? Is that all true or what's that about? 
Well, I, I certainly hope so. Oh, 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 well, that's okay. This has been <laughs> Professor <my> Jim. <laughs> that's my job. That's your I'm job. doing my best. Are you good at it, Professor Jim? Yes, that's how I, I work at that every single day. Gotcha. No, it's, it's a, uh, I do my best to stay out of that. Uh, I think some people don't really make an attempt to do that. Um, the curriculum that we teach in business and economics is nearly identical to what you and I studied uh, 30 plus years ago. Mm. And I, I found one of my dad's uh, uh, accounting textbooks from, you know, 60 plus years ago. It's basically the same stuff. So is there a big change in curriculum to uh, to push different political ideologies? Uh, I I would say that's probably overstated. Curriculum moves very very slowly. Mm. Okay, so you're basically saying that if my if my kid you know goes goes to your class, he's not going to you know defect to you know some type of socialist state or something like that. Then I make no warranty. Okay. Well, that's all. Yeah, and that's just it. There, there shouldn't be. You know, we don't want any guarantees on this show. Okay, because the thing is, you know, we really can't back any of it up. And a lot of this stuff, you know, like I told Joey, I just make it up as I go along. Anyway, but now you're also in California. All right. So you kind of have like the double hit here because we were just talking. My my guest was just on was uh, you know Rich Rubino. He's our political commentator, and we were talking yeah. about Gavin Newsom and stuff like that. You know, and because there's a lot of wacky stuff going on in California. I mean, and I hear you are you're in academia, and you're also in California. So what is everything that we're hearing about California, their economy, and everything like that? Is that as bad as there we're hearing? There is a uh, homeless problem. And, and part of it is that, that you get uh, people who live here because the weather is incredibly mild. And it, I, if you're going to camp out, yes. you know, would you rather camp out, you know, overlooking the Monterey Bay or, or, uh, you know, camp out in, in Phoenix or yeah, or under the arch. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something I, you know, I frequently do. I don't know if I told you about that <laughs> is I sometimes, you know, I'll get the kids together. Go, Come on, kids, we're going to go uh, sleep under the arch tonight. <laughs> yeah, we do. And then we run for our so lives. Solving it is, and and there, there's been a lot of money spent on it. Uh, but there's, there's literally a million different reasons for the problem. And, and, you know, there's no one broad solution. So it is, uh, it's one of the challenges of living here, but the the flip side is that it's really gorgeous. Yes. And if you want to get wealthy, live around wealthy people. If you want to get poor, live around poor people. Right, right. And that's why we're friends. That's why you said I want to live around <laughs> some poor people for a while. I'm going to go hang out with Todd. When you were at uh, the the university that I won't mention. yeah. Unless you you told your Mizzou, you were at Harvard. University of Missouri, it was, it was oh, one New York, of, Mizzou. That's right. One of the many the colleges. Harvard of <laughs> many the Harvard of Boone County. One of the yeah. one of the best colleges in Boone County. <laughs> yes, so that would what, be the what one. were the the courses that were valuable to you? The courses that were valuable to me that I actually attended uh, had to have been uh, that one. 
I think. No, I thought there was there were you know I I, I liked I liked a lot of my English classes. I, I you know I like to write. I do like to write. You know sometimes aside from just like on bathroom walls. So my English classes were like you know always good. But I did. You know we were talking about this. There were some courses that were just kind of like a waste of time. But I guess they were beneficial to others because I remember having to like study the eye color of fruit flies and thinking in a biology class I'm really not going to yeah. use this. And uh, but you know and back then tuition was affordable. Okay, I mean you was. Like mm-hmm. we, we could actually now, my kid, hey, dad, what, uh, uh, we're studying the eye color of fruit flies. What, for thousands of dollars we're doing that? So, I mean, it's a little bit different now. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, as far as I – yeah, there were, there were valuable courses, but there was also a lot of stuff that I could have done without. I mean, we were mentioned. You know, I I had a marketing course. I think I mentioned to you. We you know we basically read. You know, we we studied like you know key consumer benefit, like your universal selling point and stuff like that. That 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 one page in the book. Uh, that you know one book that pretty much covered it all. I mean, after that, okay, I think I'm going to go skip the rest of the classes, which I did by the way, and uh, I moved on to another college. But anyway, um, so there were there were some valuable ones, and I'd have to say in my case, you know, probably more of the literary type stuff. Yeah. Well, we're almost out of time, Jim, but I want to ask you one more college question that's kind of probably been the most important one because I, I, uh, I'm I kind of guilty of this. Did you ever end up paying your college uh, parking tickets? I never did. <laughs> so I did because I was I became licensed in the state of Missouri. Oh, and I never did that either. They got me. Oh, they did So in order to get your license, you have to clear all of your parking tickets. And not only did I have to oh. pay my parking tickets, I had two sisters who attended Mizzou. Oh. And I had to pay all of their parking tickets, too. Well, listen, well you are just a philanthropic kind of guy. Not only that, I mean, you are, you are a good man as a, as a, along with being a smart man. <laughs> Yes, I my 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 you know uh, siblings they all changed their name. In fact, they they said I don't know Todd. I don't know Todd. If you want to go, oh, you mean that guy that lives under the arch with his kids? Yeah, I don't know him. Yeah. Well, Jim, my friend, as always, it's been a pleasure, and you know, let's get together sometime. Like back in, we also went to high school and skip class and go to Lions Choice. What do you say? That sounds good. All right, my friend, Professor Jim. Everybody, when we come back, we're gonna have King Kirby. The king of coffee, King Kirby, will be with us with DiscountCoffee.com when we come back. This is Todd Showalter with The Right Mind Show, along with my buddy Joey V. See you in a sec. Coming up, Kirby Newberry, the king of coffee from DiscountCoffee.com, will tell us how many syllables are in the word carafe. Crafe. Carafe. That glass bowl thing that holds the coffee. Crafe. Welcome back to The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter on News Talk STL. And now, the man who makes a dollar every time a cartoonist draws stink lines, your host, Todd Showalter. Welcome back, everybody. It's me, Todd Showalter, The Right Mind Show, along with my friend, Joey V. And on the line now, guess who we have, Joey? The The king. The king. Mm -hmm. The king. When I think coffee, and I put those two together, the king of coffee, I think the king of coffee, Kirby Newberry. How's it going with DiscountCoffee.com? How's it going, my friend? Great. Fantastic, Todd. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I think I texted you this morning that I tried some of the uh, Cadillac coffee that you had sent. That was great. I didn't even know Cadillac made a coffee. I knew that they made cars, but I didn't know they made coffee. I mean, that's amazing. It's good. Well, okay. Yeah, Cadillac Coffee makes cars, but uh, a different company, Cadillac Coffee, out of uh, Detroit, up in Michigan, Indiana, been roasting coffee since 1888. Wow. Uh, so at discountcoffee.com, 
we sell online. So a lot of Canadians come over into Michigan and they love getting the coffee in the restaurants and so forth, but mm-hmm. they can't buy it in, in Canada, but oh. they can order online at discountcoffee.com and we ship um, to Canada as we do um, worldwide. It's kind of similar to Renoco, you know, in St. Louis. Um, yeah. Are you familiar with Renoco coffee? Well, actually, that's I, I you sent us some, you know, and you mentioned that, you know, that Renoco spelled backwards. What is it called? It, it, it's a dog or something? No, that, that's the other. I, what, radar. Radar is one that's spelled. No, I'm sorry. I'm getting my, my words yeah, all backwards. I, I, well, Joey probably knows what Renoco spelled backwards is. Joey, what is it? It's a okay. Was I close? Yes, that was it. I believe it. it Renoco is a. That's a new he, slogan. He got it right on. So just think, Renoco, spell it backwards. Yes, and you get O'Connor. Ah, there it the is. O'Connor. The O'Connor family is what started Renoco here in St. Louis um, back in around 1904. The World's Fair, St. Louis World's Fair, in there. Yes, and so they've been roasting coffee, and um, they now have a national footprint and can continue to expand. And as you, you know, Renoco Coffee is another one of the many brands that we offer at DiscountCoffee.com. Similar to another um, brand called Chalk Full of Nuts. Are you familiar with um, down at the Grove off of Manchester? Yes, yes. The old Chalk plan? Yes, I do. Um, yeah. So that was there for many years before Sarah Lee bought it. Okay. So, um, so, so how did you like your snack cookies? I tell you what. I mean, uh, they, that my son came home from college and uh, he ate them all. And so they're all gone. And uh, so I, 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 I got to try a few of them along with the uh, the strawberry uh, the, uh, bars that you sent to. I mean, I I mean, I got nibbles of some, but uh, most of them were inhaled as soon as they showed up because that's what, that, that's what happened in my in my household, Kirby. I mean, it's like a it's like a black hole of appetites. I mean, just people just like jump all over it. So I literally I had to hide a lot of the coffee that you sent just so I could in, you know enjoy it. So. Is this normal for discount well, coffee to include snacks in the boxes? I got that, what I don't know if you knew Joey, but discountcoffee.com mm-hmm. they have. I mean, it's not just coffee. I mean, you've got it and I Kirby, I'm not kidding you. I've told everybody. They've got to go check out discountcoffee.com because you've got everything there. You've got snacks, you've got cookies, you've got different types of like uh, supplies that you'd find at your office break room. Um, yeah, you had all types of uh, sweeteners and additives to go with the uh, the coffee and stuff too. So that, that you sent along unexpectedly. And I know that you did that for me because I promise you someday you could touch my mullet. But I mean, I, hey, I hey. yeah, <laughs> I mean, but you know, I mean, that stuff is available. And so you offer all kinds of stuff. And again, I mean, it showed up. Joey, it was like Christmas. I'm not I, it, Kirby. Am I kidding you? Did I, I get a hold of you right away and say it's like Christmas over here? Because hey, it, you did. It was. We had sent me pictures and everything. I did send me <laughs> pictures because I had never until then gotten a Christmas gift. You know, in the orphanage they don't do that. I mean, it's basically you know you know go finish painting the wall, and so I do that. Not a bursting remodel. Well, Todd, you know, uh, you mentioned Christmas. You know, Christmas is only 141 days now. Yes. Thanksgiving is only 109 days away. Wow. And so uh, the clock is ticking. Yes. And even though we're in the back to school mode and we're getting our kids ready for school with school lunches and the snack cookies, a lot of those snack cookies like Sweet Serenity and Knott's Berry Farms, yeah. those are cookies you can't buy at, uh, you know, at, the, at Deerberg's or the grocery store or even get at Sam's or Costco. So uh, we have a lot of items like that. But we we are now putting our our Christmas and our Thanksgiving in August. We're putting our head on. And as we speak, 
there are pumpkin spice coffee made creamers backing up to our dock, and we're getting into the <laughs> holiday mode with um, Barney's Santa's White Christmas Coffee. So uh, even though the kids haven't made it back to school yet, we're already in the Christmas mode. Do you have a ring camera, Todd, on your house? Do you I have, have any to. Security? I, that was part of my uh, when I got out of jail. I'm, a, I'm imagining the male yeah. person who had to drop off this big old box had a oh, very uh, unpleasant a, time dropping her- off this coffee. Yeah, hernias. He has a hernia. He has probably give you the finger right to the camera. He like, gave me the finger. But too you much know, coffee. I, you know what I said to him? I said, I hope, it, you know, I'm sorry that you, you know, you're medically, you know, hurt or whatever you want to call it. Is medically hurt? That sounds like, I think, that. oh, I learned that in pre-med, medically hurt. But yeah, I told the guy, hey, look, you may be hurt, but it was worth it because this is some darn good coffee mm-hmm. along with all these snacks. Give him stuff. a cookie the next time? Like I here. gave him a cookie, and I said, go home, quit your complaining, throw some dirt on it. You're being a wimp. That's what I told him. Thanks for the Christmas gift, yes. Kirby. Kirby, you're the best, my yeah. friend. You're not only that, I said, you're not only the best, you're, you're the king, the king of coffee. Always a joy to have well, you Todd, on the show. Any last minute? Todd, uh, don't, don't, don't tell anybody, Todd, but I think – um, you have a special offer for your listeners. Actually, uh, they yes. mentioned right mind. That's exactly what happens. Well, here's what happens, Kirby. It's amazing because I actually feel like we're special here, Joey. If you go to uh, discountcoffee.com and you place an order and you use the right mind promo, okay, just add right mind, you're going to get a discount of 15% off your entire order. 15%. It's already great coffee. It's coming right to your door. It's already affordable, cheap price. I mean, everything, it couldn't be better, but now 15% off you're going to get of this coffee. Well, Todd, you and Joey are so special here at The Right Mind. Normally when we have promotions and coupon codes, we yeah. don't include the fine print says not valid on any other offers, any sale items, clearance items, whatever it may be. Yeah. But Right Mind listeners get an additional 15% off Everything store wide, site wide, just because you're Todd. Get out of here! Are you? I'm getting emotional here, Kirby. Now you don't mean. Are you serious? I'm serious, and we offer free shipping. And um, they order today. Um, before you know, that ring doorbell will ring. I tell you what. I hope. I hope my wimpy uh, mail guy is. I, I hope he's working out because I'm going to make a. I'm, gonna, I'm placing another order. And you know, I'm going to say I want my fifteen percent. I'm thinking a Again. test of this mailman and see if he's any good. As so we ordered three of these carafes, the yeah. glass carafes, and yes. if they're broken when they show up, you're like, this mailman hates me. That's a good test. He does hate me, too. Yeah. But that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Kirby, my friend, it's been a pleasure. And so I want you to go, back, right, guys. go back to the Coffee Kingdom now and join us next week as the King of Coffee. And in the meantime, I want everybody out there to go out and get some discount coffee. Go to discountcoffee.com and get some of these fabulous coffees, among other things that are on the site. Because i got to tell you, and I don't just say stuff, okay? I hate that when people on the radio say, oh, i got to do this. You know, I'm just you know, promoting them because I have to. I actually, I'm a customer. I know Kirby. You're going to be very happy with discountcoffee.com. It's amazing. So give it a shot and try it out. You'll be hooked. You'll be hooked. I've had a good time today. Uh, Joey, have you had a good time? Yeah, I think that what uh, we learned from Rich Rabino, the savant about politics. Savant. He's he like told the rain us, man. Uh, people who may be in the race that I hadn't even thought about. That is what he does. Okay, that's my favorite part. I've known him for a couple of years, okay? But he's like, you know, if, you were, if you're going to place bets like on the dark horse or somebody mm-hmm. you didn't think was going to be in the race, he knows. He's got the inside. He's got like the He's like the insider trading of politics, okay? He knows people that may be out there that we haven't heard of yet that uh, we're going to hear a lot of soon. It could actually be contenders, yeah. 
And then everything we learned about California and why California. Professor Jim even lives out there. He's, he maybe convinced me to move out. Maybe next to him if he's got a little small house in the back, a shed. He's got a shed. I may move out I'm there. sure he does because, I mean, if you know Professor Jim, I mean, he's, um, he's, he's, he's a very he's successful Professor Jim. That's why he lives out in California and he works at the college. And, he was uh, doing a humble brag. He's like, it's very expensive where I live. Yeah, the homeless he, people he, are the cream of the crop. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> and I think I kind of got that vibe too. Yeah. I mean, I kind of thought, I don't think he was trying to be pompous or anything. Maybe he was. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he was. He's Professor Jim. Pompous Professor Jim. Try saying that 40 times. Missouri uh, lowlifes over here. That's what we are. We got anything. You know, next week, Gene Evans is going to be on the show, former congresswoman, and also a buddy of mine who's a cartoonist over in the UK. And I got to tell you, they think we are totally crazy over here in the United States. Because we are. And he's going to tell us uh, exactly from the horse's mouth what they're saying about us on the next Right Mind Show. Mitch Murphy and the Murphytones, they have a special going out song for us, I believe. Or a little number, I should say, that he's been rehearsing all day. So we're going to let them take it away and head on out. Everybody, this is Todd Showalter with the Right Mind Show, along with my buddy Joey V. And remember, if you don't have a right mind, you don't have a mind at all. Till next time, bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter. To find out about all things Todd, go to studiotodd.com. And we'll see you next Saturday night at 5 p.m. right here on 1019-941 Newstalk STL and always streaming online at newstalkstl.com.